0: On this day in 1947, a housewife stumbled upon a mutilated corpse in a quiet Los Angeles suburb. The body belonged to the city's most infamous murder victim, Elizabeth Short, AKA the Black Dahlia. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode contains discussions of murder. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're discussing the discovery of Elizabeth Short's body. Now let's go back to Los Angeles shortly after 10 a.m. Betty Bursinger pulled her jacket tight against her neck. She felt a sudden chill, and it wasn't just from the winter weather. She and her three-year-old daughter stepped carefully over the cracked pavement and potholes. The walk took them past a series of run-down, vacant lots, reminding Betty that the City of Angels wasn't all it promised to be. It was hard to believe that just a few years before, L.A. had been full of hope. The thriving film industry had beckoned young people from all over the country. Her neighborhood, Lamert Park, had welcomed countless young couples. It had seemed like the perfect place to start a family. Unfortunately, World War II hit the city hard. A lack of workers meant many suburbs had been transformed into graveyards of condemned buildings and unfinished construction. It was an eerie stroll. With annoyance, Betty and her daughter went around an abandoned mannequin that lay a few feet off the sidewalk. It was stuck in a disturbing, unnatural pose and broken in two right at the waist. Unsettled by the sight, Betty speed walked down the block. Then something made her double back. She wasn't sure why, but she needed to get a closer look. She crept back to the scene slowly, Her daughter began to fuss as they got closer, but still, Betty couldn't take her eyes off the mannequin. On a second look, Betty noticed that it was covered in scars and cuts. She couldn't imagine why any store would include such an unsettling detail on a store display. There was a macabre, too-wide smile on its face, one that literally spread from ear to ear. It didn't make sense. A creeping horror ran up her spine as Betty realized she wasn't looking at a mannequin. She screamed and hustled her daughter away from the scene. Her discovery would soon launch an investigation into one of Los Angeles's most notorious murders. Coming up, police scour the scene for clues. Listeners, have you heard the eerie new podcast, Superstitions? Every Wednesday, explore the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow in this mystifying series from Parcast. You do not want to miss it. Each week, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why do black cats represent witchcraft? What's the point of carrying a rabbit's foot around with you? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic or illogical or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. On January 15, 1947, Betty Bersinger stumbled upon a mutilated body on a sidewalk in southern Los Angeles. The victim would come to be known as the Black Dahlia. Betty immediately contacted the police, but by the time investigators arrived, a crowd had formed and the crime scene was contaminated. Still, the LAPD did what they could, They looped in the FBI for assistance with identifying the victim. When the Bureau ran the corpse's fingerprints, they matched them to a young, 22-year-old aspiring actress named Elizabeth Short. Elizabeth grew up in Medford, Massachusetts, the third of five girls. When she was 18, she moved to California to pursue her dream of becoming a star. Unfortunately, she didn't find the fame and fortune she sought, at least not right away. Instead, she got a service job at the post exchange at Camp Cook. She had several romantic relationships, including one engagement that ended with her beau's tragic death in the line of duty overseas. Meanwhile, she continued to pursue her dreams of movie stardom while picking up odd modeling jobs. But by December 1946, Elizabeth started to feel discouraged. She still hadn't landed her big break and could no longer see a future for herself in Los Angeles. Feeling directionless, she moved to San Diego, where she crashed with a friend for a few weeks. However, in early January, she was ready to head back to Los Angeles again. It may have been because Elizabeth connected with an L.A. acquaintance, a salesman named Robert Manley. The pair were attracted to one another, but there was one problem. Robert was married and about to become a father. Officially, they never acted on their romantic feelings, but Robert did give Elizabeth a ride back to Los Angeles. He dropped her off at a downtown hotel on January 9th and didn't hear from her again. The lack of contact didn't seem odd to him, as Elizabeth's behavior over the past few weeks had been so erratic. He probably didn't think about how she was doing until it was too late. Six days later, on January 15th, Betty Bersinger discovered Elizabeth's severely mutilated body posed in a vacant lot. The LAPD and the FBI ran a massive investigation, but hit roadblock after roadblock. One problem was the lack of hard evidence. Elizabeth's killer had scrubbed her corpse clean, leaving no fingerprints or other clues as to their identity. Even worse, the homicide became a media sensation. The press dubbed her the Black Dahlia and breathlessly covered every twist and turn. The notoriety led several fame-hungry imposers to submit false confessions possibly enticed by the promise of renown, an anonymous writer claiming to be the killer even wrote taunting letters to local news outlets and the police. But the investigators weren't able to identify the sender. They were at yet another dead end. All in all, the police considered nearly 200 suspects, but never charged anyone with the murder. By the late 1940s, the investigation had essentially stalled out. Today, 74 years later, the Black Dahlia homicide remains unsolved. It's one of Los Angeles' oldest cold cases, and one of the most famous. Every day, amateur sleuths gather online to conduct their own investigations and identify the killer. Occasionally, they even piece together intriguing theories. One of the most promising leads came from a former LAPD detective named Steve Hodell. He believed the culprit was his father, Dr. George Hodell. After George's death, Steve went through his possessions and found photos of a young woman who looked strikingly like Elizabeth Short. He couldn't imagine how his father could have gotten the picture, other than through nefarious means. Alarmingly, George fit the murderer's profile. He was a trained physician and would have known how to make the precise cuts the killer left on her body. His handwriting looked similar to that in the letters the police received. Steve even uncovered a transcription of an audio recording in which George seemed to confess to the crime. And in November 2012, he used a corpse-finding dog to identify traces of possible human remains in his father's basement. The evidence tells a compelling story. George could have killed Elizabeth in his home and then got away with the murder, but Steve can't prove his theory. Too much time has passed since Elizabeth's death, and most of the original evidence has been lost or destroyed. Which means we may never know for sure whether George was the murderer, or why he might have done it. At this point, it's unlikely anybody will uncover new proof and close the case. So, while Elizabeth's gruesome murder rocketed the would-be starlet to fame, she was robbed of the closure she deserves. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more about the evidence against Dr. George Hodel, Check out Medical Murders, where we examine doctors who use their skills for harm, not healing. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify's making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite Spotify originals from Parcast, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katowicz. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Bennett Logan. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Bad omens? Good fortune? Pure luck? Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.